now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey. Hey, it's Ty Smith of the Spokane Chiefs. It's Adam Bocas. Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs. Hey, it's Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hi, I'm Dominic Buck. I'm Jacob Bernard Docker of the Oakville Oilers. It's Joe O'Brien. Hi, it's Barrett Hayden of the Sioux Greyhounds. Brady Kachuk from the Boston University Terriers. Major Junior. In the 100th year of the Memorial Cup, the Ankeny Panthers team tall have won it for the first time. NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is ready to party as the UMD Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. The World Juniors. Time winding down, and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style. The NHL Draft. The Buffalo Sabres are proud to select Trollunda defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. And more. Oh, oh my goodness. We're not going home yet, baby! This is the Pipeline Show. Here we go. Good weekend and welcome to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. I am your host, Gee Flaming, and uh, I'm welcoming back, uh, hopefully I'm welcoming back a number of you to the Pipeline Show. And uh, if you're new to the program, because the draft right around the corner and you might be downloading this uh, special draft preview, uh, then welcome to the Pipeline Show. I hope you'll stick around for more. Once the draft is over, the show does not take a summer break. So every week, uh, there'll be another episode of the Pipeline Show uh, getting right into the uh, the Ivan Holinka Tournament, and the U18s, and ev- all those events, uh, the U20 summer camps uh, in August. July, really the only down month uh, of the uh, prospect hockey season. Uh, and then camps opening up in August in uh, both the Canadian Junior Hockey League and the Canadian Hockey League. All of that starts in August, and then we get going for real in September. USHL not that far after that, and uh, the NCAA on top of that in October. As always, we start with the question of the day, and I put that out on Twitter. My question was, I, I guess you can kind of uh, just shrink it down to who do you think is overrated for the draft this year, but basically what I put on Twitter was, if there is a player that you think will be drafted way higher than you think he should be, who is it? And why do you think he's overrated? And uh, did get a number of responses into the inbox uh, for this one. Here's a few that stood out. Puck Fronger, obviously a Chris Pronger fan, uh, says uh, Cole Caulfield. And this is strictly based on watching the U18s. But he appeared to me. Uh, but it appeared to me Hughes, Zegris, Boldy did a lot of the heavy lifting. Credit to Caulfield for finishing it off, though. And Jay Baraldi says Broberg. Don't think he has the puck skills or the hockey sense to be drafted in that 7-12 range. 17 Curry says Kaliev. Uh, he seems boom or bust, and some teams will reach for the boom. Sparky followed that up with, I've heard lots of one-dimensional talk with Kaliev. Uh, Lucas Puncari from the Daily Herald in Prince Albert says uh, Bobby Brink. No, it's not because I think he's overrated, but he's who I want the pens to take, and I'm sure he'll go one selection right before they pick. Uh, Tommy in uh, Sweden, who's been a long-time listener and uh, uh, fills the inbox on a regular basis. He also mentions Philip Broberg. Could be drafted higher than I should than I would pick him if I were in charge. Obviously, the skating and physical attributes are elite. I just feel he lacks in hockey sense and game decisions to be a top-two defender. That from Tommy. TPE Hockey, who uh, does some uh, scouting of his own. He says if Vasily Podkolzin was great at certain international tournaments where there's a ton of exposure, but in the underexposed Russian junior and second leagues, he was pretty bad. 
I wouldn't take him before pick 15 to 20. So there's some of the uh, sampling of uh, some of the responses to the inbox to the question of the day. You can find me on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy. If you're listening to this and you're not following me on Twitter, should probably give me a follow. And because uh, if you're uh, taking the time to listen to the Pipeline Show, you might want to follow the Pipeline Show on Twitter and stay up to date on everything happening with the program, what's coming up. And I sent, put out all the links to interviews, things like that, and links to the uh, the Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Pipeline Show. You can get early access uh, to uh, the episodes as well. Let's get to the uh, news and notes and uh, some massive news uh, coming out of the WHL later in this past week, starting on Thursday. And really, the Winnipeg Ice have been making uh, a lot of noise since uh, the draft when they did some uh, wheeling and dealing at the draft to get the number one and number two picks. They signed Connor Geeky, who they took second overall. Well, this week they also signed Matt Savoy, who casual hockey fans might not uh, recognize the name yet, but uh, pretty famous around uh, our neck of the woods here as he's from St. Albert. But Matthew Savoy was taken first overall in the WHL Bantam draft. He had applied for exceptional status with uh, with Hockey Canada to play in the WHL as a 15-year-old. That would be this coming season. But he did not get it, but he hasn't really been turned down officially either. And we'll get to that in a second. But Matthew Savoy now assigns with the Kootenai Ice. and uh, The Kootenai, excuse me, the Winnipeg Ice. And uh, that was... That obviously pretty big news, and uh, Tyler Uremchuk, who's been on this show a number of times, he's uh, our producer during Edmonton Oil King broadcast. sits right next to me, uh, and uh, works for TSN twelve sixty. Also does some stuff with the Sherwood Park Crusaders, which is where Carter Savoy, Matt's uh, older brother, played last year. And both of them were kind of it looked like they might play there uh, to some extent next year. Obviously, Matthew Savoy, being fifteen, not old enough to play. Uh, full-time in the uh, AJHL either. But uh, Tyler, who is, um, he's I mean, he's from St. Albert as well, uh, knows the family, obviously, because Carter played for the Crusaders last year. After the news came out that Savoy had signed with Winnipeg, uh, he tweeted out, I was told repeatedly by higher-up sources in the AJHL that Savoy was set to play games there next season. Not sure what happened. Wonder what this means for his brother Carter, who was dominant last season in the AJHL as a 16-year-old. Both brothers were supposed to go to Denver. Obviously, that's changed. Uh, but Carter is draft eligible, NHL draft eligible in 2020. Tyler followed up that tweet. He said, uh, just had some very interesting information passed my way. Matt Savoy will be allowed to play 34 games in the WHL plus emergency slash injury call-ups. He will be in the Winnipeg Ice lineup for potentially 45 to 50 games next season. Now, that rings uh, or raises a lot of eyebrows because... The rule is you can play five max uh, aside outside of emergency uh, call-ups until your club team is done for the year. Now, the interesting part of this is, and uh, Jason Greger from TSN 1260 uh, weighed in on this as well. You can follow, by the way, Tyler Uramchuk, good follow on Twitter, and uh, his Twitter handle is his name. So it's Tyler Uramchuk. It's spelled Y-A-R-E-M-C-H-U-K, Tyler Uramchuk. Jason Greger, who hosts the Jason Greger Show uh, on uh, TSN 1260, his nephew uh, Noah Greger was a standout for the Prince Albert Raiders this year. Uh, he got involved in the conversation as well. He said he had uh, texted a couple of uh, WHL GMs and uh, reported back that um, the plan appears to be that Matthew Savoy, who played in Edmonton 
last year, will actually go to Winnipeg next next season and play at uh, Rink Hockey Academy, which happens to be owned by the same people who own the Winnipeg Ice. That would be 50 Below Sports and Entertainment. And the situation here is, well, how can, you're still wondering how can he play more than five games and maybe two or three more because uh, Dylan Gunther of the Edmonton Oil Kings, same situation last year where he played five games, but while guys were away at U17s or the Oil Kings had injuries, they were able to bring in someone else and happens to be right in town here in Edmonton, so they just called Dylan Gunther and he would come to the rink and play that night. So he actually got into eight games, three more than the quote-unquote limit of five you remember the season before that Kirby Doc actually played 17 games for the Saskatoon Blades very much the same way uh, because they had uh, emergency recalls so but still we're talking about 34 to 50 games next season that's a lot more than eight or 17 so how are they getting around that well if Matt Savoy plays for Rink Hockey Academy which happens to be right in Winnipeg as Jason Greger reported on Twitter the plan for the Winnipeg Ice is that they'll uh, they'll just keep a, a pretty short roster, like 21 players, so that basically anytime they have an injury, uh, they have a what would be considered an emergency recall or a need for to uh, uh, recall somebody on an emergency basis. And with Winnipeg, with the Rink Hockey Academy being right in Winnipeg, pretty easy to get Matt Savoy into the lineup. So. Now, somebody will say this is dirty. So there will be people who say, well, that's not right. That's It's definitely a loophole, but it's a legal loophole. Now, I did have somebody ask me on Twitter, who pays for uh, Matthew Savoy to attend Rink Hockey Academy? I don't, I don't know, but I would assume, I'm guessing, it would be uh, Savoy's family. Um, if he was playing at any other academy, that would be the case. If not, if if uh, because I think what the Twitter question, the, the person who asked me the question on Twitter was getting at was if it's the team, if it's the Winnipeg Ice, uh, basically setting them up there and covering the cost, well, that would be like paying a player. And that obviously is against the rules. So it will certainly be very interesting to see how it all plays out. And if things are, th- everything, sh- I mean, this whole process will be, I'm sure, under the spotlight. And if anything is... You know, unbecoming, and uh, I would hope that the league would do something about it. But at this point, it seems like it's uh, just pretty smart maneuvering here by 50 Below Sports and, and everyone with the Winnipeg Ice that they're kind of taking advantage of a bit of a loophole here. And uh, I saw Greg Drennan on uh, Twitter today, today being Saturday, uh, potentially very late Friday night. He, he sort of has everything kind of uh, drawn out as well, simplified for what I was just talking about, Tyler Ramchuk breaking the news on Thursday. Not that Savoy had signed, that obviously came out of Winnipeg, but that he was going to be in line to play in way in excess of uh, the five games. Tyler had that, and then Jason Greger's information about the plan for him to play at Rink Hockey Academy, um, that all came out on Thursday. But uh, Greg Drennan uh, really simplifies everything, sums everything up uh, very nicely but makes a great point of what what happens next. I mean, this is a great job by the Winnipeg Ice to, to exploit a loophole, but now when do other WHL teams start doing this? How many WHL franchises have uh, a hockey academy in their backyard? You know, obviously Calgary's going to have one. Edmonton's going to have one. Uh, the big, the major markets are going to, but, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't, I don't think all of them are going to, like, 
the smaller markets with Prince Albert and Prince George. I, you know, I'm guessing there are not hockey academies in those places. But as Greg Drennan also points out, it might even go further than that. He reminds people that 50 Below Sports Entertainment, uh, they own the ice, they own Rink Hockey Academy, they also own the MJHL's Winnipeg Blues. So you're going to see, potentially, maybe WHL owners will start owning Junior A teams as well and, and kind of using them all basically as a farm team uh, system. This could be really interesting how it evolves uh, in the Western Hockey League over the next little while. Now, the news wasn't done there with the Winnipeg Ice on Thursday. Then it became a news, uh, and I think that was just yesterday, that they acquired the rights to Dylan Holloway from the Everett Silvertips. Now, Holloway, who is a projected to be a first-round pick in the 2020 NHL draft, he's been outstanding in the Alberta Junior Hockey League with the Okotoks Oilers the last couple of years. Played for Canada at the Hlinka Gretzky Cup uh, this time last year, or well, in August of last summer. Really, really good player. So they acquire his rights, uh, the Winnipeg Ice do, and suddenly you're like, okay, they just got Matthew Savoy, they've got Peyton Krebs, they signed uh, Connor Geeky, uh, and now they're getting Dylan Holloway. Wow, they're all in. But then uh, the report from uh, Todd Maluski from the Wisconsin State Journal and uh, USCHO, he's been on the Pipeline show before as well, good guy to talk to when it comes to college hockey stuff. Uh, he had tweeted out reaction uh, to the trade. That and uh, reached out to Holloway as he covers the University of Wisconsin Badgers, which is where Holloway is committed. And um, he had talked to the team, to Tony Granado, that's the coach there. Uh, they're still expecting Holloway to report. And Holloway actually got back to Maluski and uh, confirmed that he too uh, is going back or that he will join the Badgers as planned this coming season. So, so the Winnipeg Ice getting the rights to Dylan Holloway might pay off for them down the road. It only costs them a fifth-round pick to, to just get his rights. It reminds me a lot of uh, when the Regina Pats picked up uh, Tyson Jost's rights, which were also held by the Everett Silvertips, as a matter of fact, back when they were hosting the Memorial Cup a couple of years ago. Uh, they did that in the uh, right around this time in the offseason, uh, just in case, basically. But he did go to uh, North Dakota, and, and it didn't pay off in the long run, but it didn't cost them much just to have that uh, potentially uh, come to fruition for them, and much the same here, it looks like, with Dylan Holloway. On a side note, Carter Savoy uh, confirmed with uh, Tyler Rumchuk that uh, he is still going to play for the Sherwood Park Crusaders next year and will go to the University of Denver. So even though little brother Matt is going to go the WHL route, uh, older brother Carter is not. So uh, huge news uh, happening in, in the later part of the week. Uh, around the Winnipeg Ice. One other CHL note to pass on, Igor Afanasiev, who played for the Muskegon Lumberjacks uh, this season. Uh, he was involved. His rights were held in the uh, Ontario Hockey League. I forget which team had them, but they were traded to the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, and at that time, he had still been committed to the Michigan State Spartans, but uh, shortly thereafter, so this would have been around I don't know, New Year's, I guess, uh, decommitted from Michigan State. I actually had him on the show like the week that it happened. And I hadn't heard yet, so he told me uh, during the interview uh, that he wasn't. He decided not to go to Michigan State. I uh, wouldn't say necessarily if he was going to report to Windsor, uh, but that has now officially happened. He's signed on with the Windsor Spitfires, so Igor Afanasyev will play for the Spits this coming season. He's a guy who some people think he could be a first-round pick uh, next week at the NHL draft, so it uh, looks like a nice pickup 
uh, for the Spitfires. All right, this has been a uh, a long segment because there are some pretty big uh, news and notes to, to cover, uh, but it is a, a big show here on the Pipeline Show this week as well. The the annual draft preview special brought to you by HockeyProspect.com. What we're going to do today, this is uh, coming down the pipe. Going to have five guest segments. All five guests are scouts with HockeyProspect.com. We're going to pick a, a different league, so we'll go WHL, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Ontario Hockey League, the USHL slash high school guys, and uh, we'll go to Europe as well. We're only going to look at Sweden, as uh, most of the players who will be drafted this year at the high end are from Sweden. Obviously, Kapokako is uh, an exception to that rule. But we'll get to know, a, 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 I think it's about 10 or 11 Swedes that HockeyProspect.com has ranked for the Black Book, which if you haven't picked up yet, it's available in both a PDF version, which I have, or in a print version, a book that you can get through Amazon. Go to HockeyProspect.com for that. Now, because this show is a little bit different, we don't have like a classic in-the-dub segment. So uh, I want to mention that if you want to stay up to date on everything happening in the WHL, (laughs) there has been a lot of stuff happening in the WHL here as of late. Uh, Bookmark dubnetwork.ca in your browser and uh, check out the the, uh, publication on a regular basis. Maybe make it a daily visit. In fact, you can get your daily dose of the dub. There's a uh, spot where you can sign up for You'll get a daily summary of everything happening in the Western Hockey League, and there's some great stories there. A lot of young writers uh, getting their feet wet covering uh, hockey, and uh, they do a terrific job. I've got a column there as well, Flaming Hot Takes, which you can check out if you'd like. So dubnetwork.ca. They, every WHL segment we do here on the Pipeline Show is, we call it In the Dub, and it's brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. Also want to remind you about the store next door, it's a company in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia that employs people with disabilities. What they do is they collect as many broken hockey sticks as they can get. So if you want to round up a bunch and uh, you know you get two or three or 500 or 1,000 of them and you got a group or your school is collecting hockey sticks, something like that, it's a great cause. You can contact them, talk about how to get the sticks to them. Once they get there, they take the sticks and they transform them from junk, basically, into some really cool stuff, whether it's tables or chairs or benches, uh, picture frames, cowbell on the end of a hockey stick, and take it to a hockey game. Lots of great stuff. they got a whole catalog full of products. You can check that out at the store nextdoor.ca. All right, but it's been a long opening segment. Let's get to the show. We're going to have five scouts from HockeyProspect.com on. We'll start with the man at the top of the heap. He leads the way for the publication, Mark Edwards. He's my guest Starting it off next with players out of the Western Hockey League you need to know for the NHL draft. We kick it off next here on the Pipeline Show. Now near side White. Far side Krebs. Wrist shot. Scores! Peyton Krebs a wrist shot from the far side and gets by Bailey Birkin. Hey, Peyton Krebs from the Kootenai Ice and this is the Pipeline Show. Grabs it, walks in on the backhand, shoots, and scores! These Spruce Grove Saints are excited to unveil their first ever hockey school. 
taking place August 19th to 23rd right here at the Grant Fear Arena. Brought to you by Subway and Humpty's Restaurants of Spruce Grove. This one-week hockey school includes over 10 hours of on- and off-ice instruction from Saints coaching staff and current Saints players. Each camp participant will receive a camp jersey and a t-shirt to keep and have one on-ice and one off-ice session per day. Each day will have a specific focus to enhance the skating, shooting, and puck handling skills of each player. Both boys and girls of all levels of all experience are encouraged to come out and take part. To cap off the week, each group will have a Subway sub party with the Saints coaches up in the lounge. Visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca to sign up for the hockey school now. Click on the hockey school tab on the right side of the page.